Hello and welcome to Your Aunties Could Never, episode 36. I'm Auntie AK and I'm here with <laughs> Auntie Farah, Auntie Nana, and Auntie Shade. How are you guys doing? Good. <laughs> okay, so it probably comes as no surprise that it is uh, Kamala Harris, Vice President elect, is being welcomed into the family. Not only is she the first woman, but she's also the first black woman and Indian woman and mixed race woman to be <laughs> to hold this position. And yeah, I think that she well. Well, hopefully she'll do what needs to be done. Yeah, but welcome her, everybody, into the family. Welcome, welcome. Welcome, Auntie Kamala. <laughs> Kamala, as I feel like it should be. It's Kamala. It's Kamala. Kamala. Okay, cool. Isn't it like Pamela? If you go on her page, if you go on her niece's page, if you go on her sister's page, there's a whole thing of how to pronounce it. Oh, okay. Kamala. Come, 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 come. Okay, I saw someone that said it was like, okay, cool. We're going to get it. <laughs> We're going to get it. Okay, so let's jump into the mess, the news. I just want to quickly announce that Pretty Patel, our favourite government minister, has announced today that after many years of campaigning, I am delighted that the immigration bill, which will end free movement on the 31st of December, has passed through Parliament today. We are delivering on the will of the British people. So in other words, the rights of British folks to live, work, travel and retire freely anywhere in the EU is no longer an option after Priti's announcement. So this comes ahead of the UK's breakup with the EU, which is supposedly still going ahead at the end of the year. And according to gov.uk, our firmer and fairer points-based immigration system will attract the brightest and best from around the globe, prioritising those who come to Britain based on the skills they have to offer, not on the passport they hold. The bill will end the EU's rules on free movement, so citizens from the EU, the EEA, the EFTA states of Iceland, Norway and Liechtenstein, and from Switzerland, and their family members will be mm -hmm. subject to UK immigration controls meaning they will all require permission to enter and remain in the UK, for example, to work or study, which also means UK folks will have the same restrictions in Europe too. So queues at the airport aside, what do you guys think about this? And by the way, again, it's a child of immigrants and proudly announcing this with her chest. Boy, all right. You know what, actually? More than this announcement, I guess the adjective that she used in saying, I'm delightful, that struck me. And so I went down a rabbit hole of looking into why she would be delightful at this and found that she actually has a long history along this line, like really Brexit from when she was in university. So she's delighted because she's managed to fulfill a goal that she's been working on for 20 odd years. And I just started thinking about what trauma would have led her down this road from having Ugandan Indian parents who then left Uganda, came to the UK, set up a string of news agents. Like she's literally come from the line of the successful immigrant family, but leaving two places. So leaving India, going to Uganda, then coming to the UK. It's like, I, I don't understand why she would not be an advocate for this free movement for immigration when she's benefited from this. So maybe there's some type of trauma that's sitting within her, why she's like been a real advocate for this for over 20 years. I found it more interesting 
that this isn't something that um, people talk about. Like when they're kind of challenging her, like really what, what's the root of your conviction that you would um, be implementing these changes and be fighting for it for years? And uh, yeah, I just found her very shady. Like actually looking into her, her kind of political dealings with Israel, like I'm just like, this chick really needs to be watched, but not in the way that we're watching her. Well, you all know I've got a problem with this woman anyway. I've said it before. She just, she is shady. She has benefited from immigration. She's like, what, second generation or or first generation immigrants. And it's just like, what is your problem? What happened to you? Like Auntie Nana said, what happened to you that you are so brainwashed that you hate yourself? I feel like she hates herself. And she wants to change her whole being and become other because she's not happy with herself. So basically what she's saying is like people like her family members who came to this country and set up shops are not worthy because she's saying you have to have certain skills. So what skills did her family provide in order to set up shops? Once you do that, you've got great business skills and they've gone on and provided all of those things. But if you're applying to go somewhere and you're saying, well, I'm going to come there and I'm going to set up shops, they're going to say to you, well, we've got people here that can set up shops. What skills are you bringing to the country? Are you a doctor? Are you a nurse? Are you, you know? So basically what she's saying is her family members wouldn't have been allowed. Some of my family members wouldn't have been allowed because they didn't necessarily have a skill. It's ridiculous that she's going down this route and it's just like, to what gain? That's what I don't understand. I just don't get her in general. I just have, I, I just don't understand her. I don't know. I, I agree. I think there's like a degree of self-hatred. There's also probably that aligning with the loudest kind of group in the UK at the moment. It's aligning there and kind of like having that survival mode because the, the kind of the sentiment it seems here is that we're, we're going more and more to the right. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. It's a really strange situation. <laughs> I think it's just, I, I just find it very bizarre. Um, especially, you know, we're all from London. London is such a diverse city. And there's simply just so many people from all walks of life, even in offices that we work in and, and you know, the companies that we work with or associate with. It's really diverse in, in the sense of Europeans, right? I can't even begin to imagine like what it will look like if this, when this is not even if now, is it? It's when this is implemented. I'm not too sure. Obviously, there's that skill aspect. I can't lie. Yeah, got a bit of a tin hat on, a little bit foil hat, because I'm just like, where's this going? <laughs> like, really, where's this going? Yeah, I just think it's all a bit bizarre. It, but, the, but at the same time, I do think like the empire is dead, right? Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, this is almost like the official stamp to say the empire is absolutely dead. So in that sense, I'm not sad. <laughs> in that, so if that if that kind of makes sense, I don't know what the UK is going to look like. Hopefully, I don't know actually. I'm thinking maybe we'll be more like Switzerland. Maybe I think that's where we're kind of moving towards. But I don't know. We'll see. If we become more like Switzerland, then we're supposed to be a lot more neutral in world affairs. And I don't know if the UK's got that in their brains yet. I don't think they, they, they're ready to let go of their empirical power, even though it could be the signalling of the end of the empire. Are they willing to let go of busybody in everyone else's business? They've got their hands in so many other countries' pies. Um, that would be interesting to see. I just, I mean, she baffles me 
her smug face is amazing to watch. It's like she's so, and it is always weird when ethnic people are so proud of a country that literally decimated their cultural homes. It's really weird when I see black people say they're English and wearing an English flag. It's just all really bizarre. And yeah, I think it is aligning with the strongest voice in the room. I'm also going to ask you, I think, I mean, I, everything that you guys said, so I don't think anything have anything new to add, but I just think maybe what about yourselves and traveling around the EU and for your personal business lives, do you think it will have any effect in a negative? Or is it is this again, you know, like we were talking about last week, the new world order that's coming that we can't avoid. So is it something that we're just like, okay, cool. I think there's a bunch of Brexiters who didn't really think, because I think when everyone hears the word immigrants and closing borders and restricting, they all just think of brown people. And I don't know what category the people from po Polish people and stuff like that fall into Syrians and stuff like that. They think of that. They don't think of themselves actually being restricted from moving around somewhere like Europe. So I was thinking about that. I was trying to really weigh up what's the benefits. Maybe you guys can think of anything that could be like a benefit to this. I know there's like the argument that a lot of un unskilled labour work that would come through on the EU actually directly affects black people. So I was reading through a few people's opinions on that, that actually leaving the EU is a positive for Black people. I'm still not quite convinced about that, but I can see how that could be an argument for why some Black people would have voted to leave. But in this instance, I mean, I don't have any plans to live anywhere in Europe, but I would like the um, option to do that as freely as possible. Whereas now it's slightly harder because of the application processes, whereas before it was easier. So I'm like, what benefit does this have? I, I, I still, I don't understand. I don't get why this is going through. And as much as I try and read stuff from people who were for leaving, I still don't understand what the benefit is to the country in leaving. So it's very hard. I don't think they've made a good job of convincing the population other than the racists. So actually for the economy, what's the benefit? Most of the people that I work with are from Eastern European countries because they still have the skills of being able to use a machine. They still have industries over there, which is more labor focused. So I'm like, what's, what's the benefit? Because you're not training people up here. So you're still going to need that migration of people from outside of this country into the country maybe the benefit is in the application forms like the money that it would take maybe that's a benefit but yeah I'm, I'm not too sure I keep on trying to think of what's the benefit in this instead of just being staunchly against it it's like actually are there any benefits and if there are is there ways that black people can benefit from this that's more interesting to me than being wholly solely against it because to what end that's just, that feels like moaning. So really, I'll try, I'm trying to think of what's the benefits to this and how can we capitalise off of it? Apart from the racist, like, like, I don't know what the messaging is. I couldn't really tell you or if someone even in the comments knows, like, the f top three reasons on why this works for us. One of my aunties, she mentioned that when she first came to the country, we weren't part of Europe. And although she didn't vote, her opinion was it was a stronger country back then. But I don't know if that was like nostalgia or maybe the pound was stronger. Maybe it enabled them to be more independent in terms of how they manage things. But then at the same time, like, I just don't trust British 
to govern themselves and have no accountability. And I think I don't trust them because of their history. Do you know what I mean? Like they, they've shown time and time again that they're the architects of manipulation and um, corruption and oppression. You know, their blueprint has been copied around the world. I'm not too sure what the state of our country is. Well, it is our country at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Although we have dual countries, most of us, but yeah. <laughs> what the state of this country is gonna be in terms of like unskilled work and stuff, I honestly don't know if British people are going to pick that up. Like even over COVID, when people were saying, you know, like go and pick the harvest, really? <laughs> Do you think your, your mates that you know from the hoods are gonna go to outside London to go and pick a harvest? Or I, I just don't know, Even not even just black people, right? Just regular schmegler, Sally and Joe, do you know what I mean? Are they going to do that? I just don't know. And and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's not even that. But I just don't think we're just not socialising that way. We're not taught that those are our roles. I think that the future of the UK is more about service based things. It's not about like manufacturing. It's not that. Do you know what I mean? Those industries have died, really. I keep on just going back to this. Some way this is social control. I don't know what the blueprint art is, but it just feels like social control another way to do it basically. We used to be a manufacturing country, didn't we, back in the day? So is that, I don't know, I've not seen any manifestos to say that we're bringing back the steel, the those type of industries and stuff, or maybe they're gonna focus on tech revolution, I'm not sure. I just don't trust the UK to govern alone without any accountability. They've proven in the past, historically, what they can get up to if left to their own devices and not having to answer to anybody else. So I'm fearful of that. And I'm fearful of that as well, because that was the driving force behind a lot of people's votes for Brexit. Mm. Much like what's happened in America now, we saw during Brexit how split the country was, how divided the country was. I think when you live in London amongst multi multicultural people, a multicultural society, you forget what happens outside of London and like cities and things like that. So yeah, I just I just don't trust them. In terms of unskilled workers, you're absolutely right. There's no way, I mean, people who don't have jobs now, they're still very picky about what jobs they go and apply for. So they won't go and sweep roads. There's certain things that they won't go and do. They won't go and pick strawberries because they feel like it's beneath them. But additionally, Preeti Patel has said um, she's gone against her own inner circle who suggested to her that she changes some of the skills that she's listed that you can have in order to enter the country and things like bricklaying and all of that sort of stuff was listed. They were telling her, we need these people. And she said, I'd much rather people go jobless than we give this to people outside of the country who can come and do it for cheaper. That's what she's allegedly said. I just don't know where she's going with this. I mean, this country has been built off of immigration, let's face it, legal and uh, and illegal, you know, slavery and enslavement and colonization and all of that stuff. It's been built off immigration and the idea that that's going to stop just because she does this is ridiculous because they're just not going to take the jobs that she's saying they are it's not it's just not going to happen i was going to say maybe then that if the uk are thinking smart this is what they're going to do and we're not we've got no choice then it is about rebranding re those roles that have previously not been appealing to us to us as in quote the uk people resident citizens and not making them seem like they're supposed to be full low-paid unskilled foreigners 
So if it is strawberry picking, one that the, the rates, the wages has to go up and have to make it appealing. So I wonder if that would new, those would be new options in school lessons. Like, okay, you can grow up to be a strawberry picker. And then, you know, but look at expanding like farming, all the farming industries that are suffering under all this kind of all stupid rules and stuff like that. Maybe this is a way to repurpose and rebrand roles that we've previously just outsourced. And I say we lightly, not we, obviously, that have been outsourced to um, immigrants. So. But I, then again, I haven't seen any of that in any manifesto. Like, this is what we're doing. That isn't on anyone's agenda, rebranding those roles that people don't find appealing. OK, um, we have a comment from Aquia saying Brexit will help in banking. We will be able to have more lax banking laws compared to the rest of Europe. And Mantis Feet says they will be coming for workers' rights next. That's quite interesting in regards to banking. Do you remember a few weeks ago when I was talking about how... Um, Basically, the the UK has its money all tied up in all of these different islands where they allow kind of shady banking deals. And this is all run by the British. So I could I can see the thread of where they would want that power back and instead of sharing it with Europe and maybe to the elite, there's more of a benefit in that way. Um, and it has absolutely nothing to do with workers. I was just trying to see what their angle was, and I knew it had nothing to do with workers. It hasn't got anything to do with labour or workers or people coming here. But, you know, let's see how we're all affected. Oh, there's one more comment that just came in. Um, leaving Europe has, we, uh, has to weaken the UK's trading position globally. We're a tiny island. Anyone who thinks that we're, negotiation from, we're negotiating from a position of power with huge international trading blocks is deluded. Agreed. <laughs> we'll see how the world reacts, I guess, end of the year. Um, next. Just last thing on that. Go on. The UK has short man syndrome. Just start. <laughs> short man syndrome. 100%. 100,000%, absolutely. <laughs> So my news is about, okay, so last week we were talking about the US election and which way is it going to go and what's going to happen? And I think we all said throughout the last few months and, you know, last week that even if Donald Trump loses, he's not going to go quietly. He's either going to say that it's some sort of fraud or he's going to stick to the, you know, he's going to, he's just not going to go quietly. Lo and behold, the election has passed. The votes are in. Biden's at 290, Trump's at 214 or something like that. And lo and behold, on Tuesday, before they even got anywhere, Trump came out and said, I've won. Stop counting the votes in Pennsylvania. Keep counting the votes in Arizona. <laughs> Recount the votes in Michigan. I've won by a lot. The rest of the votes are fake. And he has just displayed the biggest form of sore losership ever, if that's a word, but he, I, I just want to get your response on how you think he's dealt with it, where you think it's going to go. Yeah. Wow. I don't, I, do you know what? I don't know. Like watching, watching the election, to be honest, was one of the most nerve wracking things I've had to endure for a long time. Like I, I couldn't sleep properly, not having an answer. That was really torture. They really drew that out. Um, completely. We knew, we knew, we knew he was, he's, you know, he's like a, a abusive husband, isn't he, kind of thing. He's, he, we're all waiting for, okay, he knows he's got to go, but he, he's going to do something to kind of like destroy things before he leaves. He's, he's going to burn everything down, I, I reckon. 
I'm, I'm not surprised at all because essentially when he goes, as soon as he gives up that title, he's going to be probably arrested, right? They're going to bring up charges against him, definitely from New York. They're just going to open a can of worms of investigations. So I'm not surprised at all why he's stalling. I don't know. I just think he's actually now, definitely he's part of a cult. Like, I think it's definitely cult behaviour. Like, do you know what I mean? He wants to hold on to power because he, they're trying to initiate some sort of steps for some sort of perfect conditions for this new world, <laughs> new world order or whatever kind of thing. And the Democrats have said, no, we're not doing that anymore. We've changed our minds. I don't know. I don't know what exactly is going to happen, but yeah, he's going to go, he's going to go kicking and screaming, mate. And he's going to try and bring down every single person with him as well. I do think though, and I think we talked about this in our group chat, Millennia, what's her name? Millennia? Yeah. If she hasn't already, <laughs> if she hasn't been replaced by a <laughs> by a clone already, <laughs> then she's definitely filing for divorce immediately, immediately, as soon as she can. As soon as she can get away from the handlers, she's she's off, mate. She's off ski. I give her like 2021, 2022, definitely there'll be a divorce. Like we knew he was he wasn't gonna go lightly. I was surprised at his vim on his Twitter. I did think like it was gonna be a bit more measured, but I found it flipping hilarious when he was like, I won by a lot. I'm kinda gonna miss him, you know. I found his shit so funny and his tweets and just the whole pantomime of it. Once it was actually decided like it's gonna be Biden, I was a bit like, Yeah, I'm gonna miss Trump. Like, this is such a moment in history. I guess I can say that because he didn't start any wars. So actually, under him, bar his outward racism and some of the things that he did in terms of banning people from flying to America and the stuff with the immigrants in cages, there was no world wars under him. So we give thanks for small mercies that he bestowed. Now, can we say that with the Bidens? I don't know. I don't know. I'm still like, I could see a war with the Democrats. So I'm, you know, I, I'm I'm not as happy as everybody is, but I'm happy that everyone's happy because I think that joy is a good thing. I was happy watching people celebrating because that's good vibrations, but I don't want to be one of the people that's like, oh, everyone's jumping for joy. They're stupid. It's like, actually just let people be joyous, but I'm still not... Um, reveling in this new world order that it's moving in a, a great direction under Biden and Harris. I'm not convinced by that. Trump is Trumping, isn't he? It's like, this is this is what he's going to do. Will he leave on January the 20th? I don't think so. I think he'll go sometime in February. It's been funny, kind of. His behaviour has just been just like, we expected it to be like this. I kind of, the fact that he's playing golf, acting like he didn't care when you know he's pissed. I want to know what, what he really is feeling though, because I want to see without the makeup, without the wig combs, what he's like in his like room, in his personal quarters, what is he actually feeling? Is he actually nervous? Is he thinking like, you know what, I've got a long list because I'm going to jail probably. Is he having, is he catching joke? Is he bunning zoots? just laughing at everybody. Who is the real Trump? I actually don't think we've even, I don't even know what the real Trump is without all the makeup and all that stuff. Who is the Wizard of Oz behind all of this nonsense? Slightly with you, Nana, that I'm not jubilant. It was stressful, as Auntie Charlotte said. It was stressful, and though I was trying not to get caught up and stay up every like 
couple of hours, I'd wake up and check the social media to see what's going on because I just wanted to get the answers. I mean, I think I lived for all the memes. I mean, the internet, as they say, is undefeated. We, the collective humans, are so fucking creative and funny. I enjoyed that. We there's And they're so fast with it. So that's what I had the most jokes with. But I'm just cynical because I just don't know where we're going. I don't know where we're headed. And I think because there's been so much noise, what Trump has done is caused so much noise and so much false information and gaslighting. And we can't trust the media. We can't trust the politicians. We can't trust anything at this point. No one says any facts. And it's really hard to sift through all the shit to get the actual honest truth out of anyone. So that's the part I'm just like, I just want to know truth and fact. Where are we going? Where are we headed? Biden and Kamala are possibly the better option, but are they? Because there are some people that are saying that before Trump, yes, it's great that Trump's out, but before Trump, the world weren't that great either. There was a lot of tension and fury and divisiveness before Trump came in and he just um, exacerbated it. So I'm just a bit conscious of what world we're going into, what we're going to have and what really, what is what will Biden and Kamala's, Kamala's um, agenda be for us black people as well. There's a lot of stuff, got discussion back and forth and I'm just conscious, like child behavior is just, it's not hilarious to me. It's just like, oh, are you kidding? So I'm not expecting Biden to come in and save the world. That's not what I'm expecting, but I don't expect that of any president, prime minister or whoever, because the concept that they're gonna do it in such a short space of time is, is irrational. It's just not gonna happen. Um, what I think, I the, what I got from the results of the election and the jubilation that was displayed across the country was the fact that people didn't necessarily want Biden, but they definitely 75 million people versus 70 million people, because it's very split still. But it was more about not having Trump than it was about having Biden. That's kind of what I got from that. People just collectively came together and said, this man, even if you don't back everything that Biden and Kamala are saying, even if you don't back it, at least you can hold them somewhat accountable, but you can't have this racist, white supremacist, sexual deviant, you know, in charge and saying shit, you can't. And I think people were just sick of the hate that he was inciting. Even, given the fact that, you know, before the votes were even out, he was trying to say that if it doesn't go my way, there's gonna be fights in the street, basically telling the people that had voted for him, go out and fight. You know, the things that he's saying about why the votes aren't legal, he's saying that, you know, votes coming in late after the election day, they're illegal, even if they're postmarked the date of the election, don't count them, despite the fact that he won in 2016 from votes like that. A lot of the states that he's contesting, he won because of things like that. So I watched this clip as well. It was on a daily show and it was basically in 2018, all like the Fox reporters talking about how... Um, how the Democrats are going to cry fraud and they're, they're going to do all these legal activities and if they lose, this is what's going to happen. Everything that they said the Democrats would do is what Trump is doing now and he's his minions. So the Eternal, Attorney General, William Barr, has said that go, this can go ahead and they can file all these suits and it can be investigated. A lot of lawyers have quit because of this, because they're up in arms about it. They're, they're like, this is our democracy. This is what we're fighting for. You're, you're tarnishing our democracy and our right to vote. Like, you know, Trump lost in Michigan by 146,000 votes. Normally, when people demand a recount, it's a lot less than that. It's very slim. The margin is very slim. That's why in Georgia, where it's like 13,000 votes, they're saying, OK, yeah, let's recount them. But they're still even saying that it's very, very doubtful that he's going to get 
as much as he thinks he's going to get from a recount. Because traditionally what happens when votes are recounted, it's like a few hundred here and a few hundred there. It isn't these thousands that he's lost by. He, you know, he's saying that the Democrats sent out voting ballots to people who hadn't even registered. And it's like, what are you talking about? His son put a, put an, um, a video of ballots being burnt, but it turns out it wasn't ballots. It was ballot test papers and all these things. And it was in a little tiny Tesco-like carrier bag. It's just, to me, ridiculous. And it is because he's out for himself. He's in a cult, but he's out for himself. And he's fighting jail. One of the funniest things that ma um, made me laugh was a few days later, Milena tweeted, count all the legal votes don't count all the illegal votes. Interesting though, it came from her Flotus account. Do you know she's got two Twitter accounts? She's got her own account and she's got a Flotus account and it says on the Flotus account, this is not managed by her. So mm. believe what you want when she's tweeting. It's not even coming from her. It didn't even come from her personal Twitter account, which is active because she tweeted like a couple of weeks ago. It's just that it's, it's bizarre that he's going on with this and it's because he's fighting jail. If she did tweet it or if she agreed for the tweet, it's because she wants to make sure she gets her divorce settlement. That's it. But it's just, it's it's comedy is what's going on over there. It's it's funny, but it's not funny. In terms of, like, Trump not causing problems, I just don't think what he's done can be taken lightly. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. he messed up the Middle East peace agreement. He's messed that up completely. He killed some some top person in Iran, basically not, nearly started World War Three at a touch of a button. Do you know what I mean? He had to be talked down by his advisors to not go ahead with that kind of thing, go to war with Iran. Who knows what the gonna repercussions of that are gonna be? He basically set every single fire he could set. He was just like, ah, I'm just gonna do just gonna do whatever kind of thing. Whatever he could get away with, that's what he done. He pulled out the Paris climate agreement as well, causing havoc to what do you call it the environment he failed on covid arguably the war that everyone is fighting across the world really and truly he, he failed on that too many people died on his watch you know he didn't act he called it a hoax um and all these kind of things and copious amounts of people are dying it's, it's ridiculous but i don't think no one in their right mind honestly any intelligent person can tell that joe biden he's not he's not some sort of magic pill no politician is but i think that that Trump is just way too divisive. And people tend to be able to cope with racism if it's not so overt, do you know what I mean? Or they can cope with oppression if they're kind of told it or it's dealt with in like a non, <laughs> more of a palatable way, do you know what I mean? When it kind of is it's overt and it's in your face, no, they can't cope with that. That's not how you can manage a country, to be honest. And if he had continued, if he got four more years, I don't think America would survive. I honestly think it would 100% be Handmaiden's Tell, 100%. And like people were like, no, 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 we don't want that. Enough of people were like, no, we don't want that. And they decided to fight with their vote. And it has actually made a difference. So people can sell for a little bit, do you know what I mean? And maybe go back a little bit to what they're used to and what, what is manageable. But to answer like that point about tensions being high, they definitely have were not as high as they've been in the last four years, like not at all. Even just like, if I relate it to my own life, the last few years, I haven't even been comfortable enough to go to the States because you just don't know for somewhere I used to go every single year, at least twice a year. Now it's just like, no, no, no. <laughs> don't know how I'm going to be treated. And not to say that these things weren't happening, um, racial profiling, all that kind of stuff weren't happening, but it wasn't 
they didn't have permission from their leader to say that this is okay or you can get away with this. Do you know what I mean? And that makes a big friggin' difference. Joe Biden and the Democrats, whatever they truly believe, their public faces, that is unacceptable. I would prefer to live in a world, if I'm choosing out the two, I would have preferred to live in a, a world that at least on paper, you value me in it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like Trump's world was not, nah, we don't value you. So if he stayed another four years, you're looking at civil unrest in America because it, I've never seen that country look like it is on the way to some sort of civil war. All this race war, all this inequality that's happening, he just heightens it. The, the leader of the country is supposed to calm things down. The leader of the country is not supposed to call the army on its own people. That's not what the, that person in that position is supposed to do. I mean, look, just last week we were talking about the fact that if this happened in another country, he'd be calling and saying, let's go bomb them because they're communists and they're, they're dictators. But yet for all, this is the behaviour of someone from the free, in inverted commas, world. It's just, yeah, he just needs to go now. He needs to put on his, I saw a report and the man said, he needs to put on his big boy pants and he needs to leave. And I couldn't agree more. I had a thought spring up um, and I had to actually like scribble down as you guys were talking the thought. So what if this is all the grand plan? Like literally you had like Trump coming in and everybody had their defences up and were going against this guy for the Democrats to come back in and for them to do some shagri. Like the quote just kept on dropping into my head, like the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that he doesn't exist. Like really with the sway of people getting behind the Democrats and they and they may take over the House and the Senate and everything else. What if that was actually the big ploy? Was to get all of this racial tension up in the air? Was to get everybody's backups? And we don't know what their next move is going to be. Like they put all of this in place for their next steps. That kind of resonates with me. I don't believe that Trump could be put forward by the Republicans when most people in the business world know how petty and vindictive this man is. Like that was just done without knowing his character. It feels like all of this is so orchestrated. I'm just not believing it's haphazard. I feel like there is a, a large committee of people that were involved in this. And remember for many years before Obama, Trump was a was a Democrat. And so it feels like this is all very staged. Him even going against Obama, him taking that stance of being racist when before then all of his best friends were rappers. Like it's just like I don't I, no, I'm, not, I'm not believing it. He's definitely got a long history of racism. Look, he okay. the newspaper saying that you should kill those five little yeah. Come on, let's be real. Okay. He's now rem remember at that time though, that wasn't black and white with actually like passing that crime bill. There was many black people and the Black Caucus was behind that bill. No, there not was that. There lots no. of people. No, that, I'm, I'm talking not. about the crime bill. Like actually that, that sway of like black people being the super predators. There was black people that championed that as well. That wasn't strictly black and white. I'm not saying Trump was right about that, but I'm saying that at that moment, there was a sentiment that was definitely against 
black people in the ghetto and other black people was for that as well. It wasn't yeah, strictly he, a, white, a black and white issue. So in his newspaper thing, what he done is with the Central Park Five, he called for their heads essentially. And then yep. when it, they were found not to be guilty, he said they probably did something anyway. So yep. he, yes. he didn't he didn't think, so that's racism. That's got nothing to do with anything. That's just pure, okay. absolute racism. Also Trump, his complexes, um, his buildings, they've been fined repeatedly over the years of having a policy against black people. That's racism. That's institutionalized racism. That's what that is. He's a racist, do you know what I mean? He's a racist that uh, at the time, probably for tax reasons and probably for money reasons, he aligned himself with Democrats to get a better deal, to be honest, probably. Do you know what I mean? So, and also also as well, remember like he's from New York and Democrats run New York. So mm -hmm. it made sense for him to be a Democrat at the time. And then when it didn't make sense anymore, he switched. That's the kind of person he is. I don't think that's got anything to do with um, like the Democrats being necessarily in and a plan, but I do get what you're saying. Do you know what I mean? They can't do this without colluding, to be honest. They always collude with each other. And it does look like the Democrats are these big saviors come to save the day um, at the moment. But yeah, I don't know, man. Like I said, like I, said, I think everyone is in this conversation knows that politics is corrupt anyway. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, so I just think, yeah, it's not clear, to be fair, it's not clear what the Democrats are going to do, but just, they are corrupt. Stay woke, innit? <laughs> just yeah. woke. Have you guys ever watched The Family on Netflix? It's it's this um, documentary behind like the politics of, of America, of the world, in fact. And it isn't necessarily about one particular party. It's just who's fronting the shit at the time. So I agree with you in some respects, but I, I, I disagree in the sense of like Trump is can't be held accountable in this, that, and the other. He's so he he can no. be held accountable for a lot of he That's has not what I'm saying. Well, not necessarily because you've said that he's be held accountable idea from some people that he can't be held accountable that he's just a pawn in it he i don't just believe that he's just a pawn i don't i think that he is about his own agenda and he goes whichever way he he feels suits him as auntie Sade said when he was in new york in that business world it suited him to be a democrat well as soon as it didn't suit him to be a democrat he went over to a republican but for all we know that's the way that he could have thought the whole time but i do i do agree with you in the sense of politics they're politricans aren't they it's politics. That's what it's called. That's what it's really about. And I just feel like we're never going to know because we're not within that family. There are people, if you watch that documentary on Netflix, you will see that it doesn't matter who is in the chair. They're basically puppets. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of shit that's going on behind them that we'll never know because we're not in the family. You saw with the family that it wasn't just white. There was black people there as well. Yeah. And that's what I think black people need to really be aware of. We're being played. They're playing these racial lines and there's black people with them too. And it, it literally mm -hmm. isn't like one side is better than the other. They're all fuckeries and they all Definitely. play with our emotions on a daily, but it just feels like because the Democrats have our votes, maybe I'm taking it more personal. That's the angle, I'm taking it more personal because they're playing that game. I agree with you, Nana, in the sense that it's not just as easy as we're seeing it. I think Trump was the right person for the right moment. I think politics is all orchestrated. And as we were saying about this whole great reset thing, I mean, guys, some of us were saying that Trump will be the one, will be the perfect person for that. No, I think that's why they want him out now because he's the right person to gaslight the country. And Joe Biden now is the right person to come and placate everyone, make everyone feel like everything's okay. And then usher some other stuff. I think it's that. But maybe the only thing that I think is different right now is that People have been so incensed, hurt, burnt, 
upset and traumatized by what's happened for the past four years that they maybe now we're all a lot more awake and ready to hold people to account so this is where i think there's been a switch in human behavior i hope anyway that less likely to be like okay this is what's going to happen and let things usher in smoothly i think we've been we've been given some vim and realize that there is a bit of power in our votes i think for a long time we felt like there's no power in our voices we vote we march we do all this stuff and nothing changes trump for again looking for the nugget of positivity the fact that he's been so heinous has shown and people have galvanized whether it for or against right or left galvanized themselves i think it's shown that actually we do have some people power regain some of that stuff that we had from back in the day and actually yeah maybe we can unite and do something better and hold i think kamala and joe biden will be held to more account than um trump was because people weren't able to grasp onto him but i so i think maybe it's a maybe this is the better thing that we will as a people hold people a lot government leaders a lot, a lot more accountable and i wanted to go back to the thing about the crime bill that's always the case. You're going to always have conservative black folks or black people who are living in an area that want best and think that, okay, maybe if we vote for this, it will benefit for us, benefit us. But it was definitely racial. It was so racial. It was so racialized, the crime bill back in the day when the Central Park Five thing was happening. Um, but uh, yes, they appealed to the black people who are is living in the hood, who are getting terrorized and mugged and seeing the drugs kill their community. So mm -hmm. definitely it was easy to appeal to them by scaring them. And so that's why it was definitely racial. That crime bill was 100% stoked by race as we said instigate race wars and race dis and dissent and then you get all this other stuff that comes with it do you think that trump has done more for white supremacists than obama has done for black people yes yeah. Because, yeah. I think, because i think with obama he um there was all this hope placed on him and he was restricted because obviously the house wasn't his way so he had lots of restrictions when he put bills across with republicans but i do think there wasn't enough done. There wasn't a black agenda, and may I would I don't know what his where his head was at. I don't think his black agenda was strong. I don't know if he foresaw that he was going to get so much blockages. I don't know if he had a plan that was blocked along the way. But I and I don't know if I can say he was maybe naive to thinking that this was what it is. And I don't know if maybe he's a stool pigeon as well that was there to placate us for the moment to usher us into this moment that we're in. Um, but definitely Trump actually. He hasn't done more for white supremacists because the, the white supremacists that we think of are the working class white folks that gather in their farms doing clan mm -hmm. not really affecting change. No, I'm, I'm talking about like people from the world, like okay, the white then, yeah, supremacists. Like. Yeah, then, yeah, then okay, then, yeah, I think he's done more for them because I don't actually, maybe I, I'm rushing my answer. Maybe I think so. More than black, more than Obama has done for black people, but I don't know what white supremacists have got out of this at this point. Easier for him to have done that though. Because like you said, a lot of hope was put onto Obama and everyone thought that he was going to come and like save the day. And he was blocked from doing so. And also, like you said, we don't really know what his agenda was. Maybe he didn't want to, maybe he was put there like a, you know, a piece of porn in a chess game. How do we know? But I think it's, it's easier for Trump to come out and make all these statements because who's in power? They're in power anyway. Mm. So he's just made it easier. He's made the man on the ground feel like he can say shit and not have any repercussions he's made people feel like that they can go and kill people and not have any repercussions including the police departments he you know and then again he's a he's part of this whole system isn't he so he's just maybe made it more open than it would have been before it's harder to to i think it's harder 
to try and give people power when they don't have any power whatsoever or any rights than it is to continue to give people power and give more power for people who are already ahead of the game. That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I think more than anything with Obama, he didn't actually have a black agenda. And I guess this is this is now being ushered in that actually you need to have a black agenda to gain our vote. So I'm hoping that this gets more momentum for the people that are into voting, that at least something comes on on the table. But um, no, in the eight years that Obama was in office, there's loads of reviews that nothing was done for black people other than I think it was 3,000 pardons that he put through. But actually, like, bills that went through that benefited the Black community was one of the only communities to not get anything. Gay people got marriage. Latinos got some some rights as well. Like, everybody else benefited under Obama but Black people. But to me, that has nothing to do with him. That's how it is. Like, Black people haven't benefited from anybody for centuries. So I don't, I think it's, it was unrealistic because he's mixed to expect this to take place. Let's see what um, Biden and Harris do. I would predict that in four years, very little would have been done for black people other than something that is surface level or benefiting a few. But will we see a huge kind of sway in wealth or maybe some type of tax reform that benefits um, African-Americans? I doubt it. So, so Charlotte, that's what I was going to say to you in regards to white, which white supremacists, because I think the ones that rule the world, I don't think anything's changed for them. Could they continue ruling the world as they rule the world? So that's what I was thinking about maybe comparing the white supremacists that we know as the working class kind of hick type, hillbilly type stereotype of a supremacist, what he's done for them, because that's what it would be comparable, because those are the people who are supporting him in their throes. The people at the top, the elite, if we're talking about, we're, it's just all a puppet game, they're doing, they're moving people around as well, so he's done his service, and that's it. So it's the people, the working class whites that support Trump, they're the supremacists that I immediately thought of in comparison to Obama's black supporters, do you get what I'm saying? So I was thinking, well, what has Trump done for them? And I don't think he's done it. I don't know the bills. I don't know what's been passed for those working class whites that still blindly follow him. You know, the ones that got hypothermia, those ones, those are the supremacists I was thinking about. Okay, let's start from um, Antoinette said, I think we need to be worried. He still has 70 plus days to do some badness and Cheeto Satan is nasty enough and petty enough to mess ish up for Biden and them. Can I just jump in and say, because he's actually fired the Secretary of Defence, Mark Esper, and ushered in someone who's a bit more of a yes man. So he's fired the Secretary of Defence. So that means, and someone said, you've got to remove all the codes from him because he might just go, pam, 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 pam. <laughs> and the whole world just goes, Phew, in, in a mood. Uh, Antoinette also says, Melania has had a draft email sitting in her inbox for the past four years, just waiting to hit that send button to send her petition off to the lawyer for divorce. And she could quote unreasonable behavior, uh, and who could argue? He's a wrong one through and through. We also have Iola says, I'm not convinced either. Biden and, and Kamala are really for optics. Biden is just as racist, and it will be interesting to see what he actually does in terms of policy, especially for Black people. I have a feeling 
dancing and singing won't last long. We have, I think it's Andrea, says he's a narcissist and narcissists don't self-reflect. They gaslight, they point fingers. He will forever think he was cheated out of a second term. Sonia says, of course it was orchestrated. And Andrea says the racial tension started on Obama's watch as a means of undermining his presidency. It's no coincidence that the pendulum, the pendulum swung the other way after Obama. Trump appeased a voting base who were horrified at Obama's two-term black presidency. And Aquia says nothing has changed for black people in the US for 30 years. Black people in the USA should actually stop voting. The system is not for us. And nothing has changed for poor whites either. The cleverness of the system is making poor people think that they are different from each other. That's, a, that's truth. And that was a roundup on the comments. Well, I guess it's following on from the same thing. It's actually about Kamala. Um, there's been lots of kind of Twitter back and forth in Facebook groups talking about her, her identity and if she should be considered as the first black vice president. Nobody's in question of her being a female, but it's been more in question about her racial identity. What are you guys' thoughts? Would you consider her as a black woman? Should she have that title or should she be named as the first mixed race? Vice President elect. You know what? Yeah, I, I I can see why this could be a contentious issue, but honestly, in this case, I think it's how she self identifies. She calls herself, as she has called herself in the past, a black woman. So I respect that's how she sees herself. Do you know what I mean? I think everything else is just speculation, really and truly. It's not like she is a clear Caucasian that is deluded by their identity, do you know what I mean? And maybe has some side mental health issues who is calling themselves, that's not what we're talking about here. She is clearly a healthy or sound mind. She's made a decision, you know, she's like 50 odd. You know, she, she's lived long enough to know, know who she is. I don't have an issue with it at all. That's how she identifies, it's up to her. She said that her mum raised her to be a proud black woman. Her mum was an, uh, an Indian Asian. Um, her dad is Jamaican. She identifies as black. That's what she identifies as. Like, what's the problem? She doesn't um, shy away from her Asian heritage and she doesn't shy away from her black race. She doesn't, like, you can be two things, can't you? Like, I, I don't get it. it it's not like she, it's not, she's not Rachel Zolder, whatever that woman's name is. She's not her. So <laughs> then you can have an argument where, where she's saying whatever she is. She can identify. She, that's what she is, you know. I just don't get it. I think people always just try to um, say some shit. But she said that it's been said first black, first Asian, first female, first biracial. They they said this, so I don't understand what the bloody problem is. What's the problem? Don't get it. I haven't really seen the argument about what she is. I've just seen the arguments about what she's going to do for people. And I've again with the conversation going about Black Americans um, wanting to define their their black agenda and get the um, rightful attention that they deserve, whether it's reparations or, you know, just having a respected position in their homeland that they built. It is really, there's a lot of conversation about breaking down all these acronyms and using these all encompassing terms. Like we've got BAME over here and over there, and they're starting to use BIPOC, which is black indigenous people of color. Ours is black and minority ethnic, which I think sounds even more disgusting. Um, and it's just this whole conversation about, 
let's separate all this our identity and be clear about who we are and what we are because it does make a difference when it comes to politics and getting our rights because when you do people of color or women of color then the people that did the work kind of get overlooked there's been also been a lot of conversation about there's a couple of um, latino populist celebrities like i think gina rodriguez um dasha who was in orange with the new black and what's her name eva longoria one eva longoria saying things like you know black women did great but actually it's latina women that did amazing and where they're the real hero heroines of this movement when <laughs> oh, wow. yes, yes there were some high numbers of latina women but however black women consistently were the highest voters when it came to getting biden over the line and especially with um stacy abrams right so, so, mm -hmm. yeah. so things like that so you know the erasure of black women and black people when it comes to the politics in the country and what getting their rights and their deservedness and it happens in the uk too when you're lump branched under these kind of terms it becomes a problem so identity is a real thing so i understand people trying to work out what kamala is and where what stake she claims so a little bit of her rhetoric is a bit like mm, i'm a black woman and i'm an asian woman again it's that whole branding of the thing to make sure you're appealing to bases that i'm a little bit whatever but as auntie shade says it's how she identifies she identifies as a south asian black woman that's who she is i don't think anyone can really argue that's what it is what, what are we arguing here it's more about what she's going to do for south asians and black women what's she going to do yeah yeah no absolutely that's what i think i think it's interesting that people seem to go down this road of like arguing over these racial identities to no benefit for anybody. It's, it just feels like a, a monumental waste of energy to be focusing on this. Like, I, I hate, absolutely hate that kind of first black anything. I hate that. I hate it when the first black person wins an award. It, it just, I don't, it, it, it incenses me, like literally that being a, a kind of thing. It should really be this is the first time that this racist institution decided to award something to a black person should be how it should go, because, you know, it's never the first talented black person that's come along. It's just, and, and saying like the first black person to win this is like this is the first one that was high enough to achieve this this award when you know that's never the case. So I, I, I don't know. It, it was interesting just seeing black people go back and forth and go over her her identity as an Indian and then some people would be like yeah but she's a Tamil and they're persecuted by the standard Indians so they probably more identify as black and they're darker and it's just like wow are we really going into this whirlwind talking about somebody who was in black fraternities has called herself a black woman like really do we need to rehash this and it's exactly as you said, it's to find out what she's going to do. I'm hoping that that ancestor force is strong in her and she really does like have her, her black DNA activated and, and stands for something that's of benefit. We can, but hope. But I just liked the imagery when they, I, they showed a picture of every single vice president before her and then they showed her. That's what I liked because it's like you said, Auntie Nana, it's not necessarily she's the first black, she's the first this, that. It's just like she's the first person to break through this flipping threshold. If you know, there's there's obviously a problem there because she's not the first, she's not the most intelligent person ever to have been in politics to be able to get to that position, but she's just the first to, they've actually opened the door for her and she's in. 
Yeah. That's what it is. It's not necessarily that she, you know, that no one came before her because lots of people came before her. They just didn't reach those heights. But it was, it was just the imagery of all those white men and then her. That was quite powerful. I think her parents met at um, civil rights movement. It, <laughs> it appears that she comes from good stock. That's all I'm really worried about. I think Obama, there was no kind of question that Obama was a black man because that's how he self-identified. That's what he called himself. And the press followed. He's maybe in black communities, they may, may more have brought up his mixed raceness. But I think definitely the press itself, they refer to him still as a black man because that's how he identifies. I wonder if there's a part because she's female, why this is such an area of contention for some people. Just because the expectation when you're female, it's just always so much higher. The distraction area aspect of it is just all, always so much louder. I just think that, you know, as black people, we, we are diverse. Even in Jamaica, you get those kind of mixes anyway. <laughs> it's not uncommon. It's not uncommon at all. Do you know what I mean? I'm not surprised. And, you know, you know, I can only go by what I know. The people I know who are, they, they identify as black as well. It's not shocking to me. Do you know what I mean? Maybe it's shocking to some other people. But I think she's done a very good job of not denying anything. I think there could maybe be some pressure on her not to maybe go down that path. And I think it was yesterday or the day before she even put out a tweet thanking black women in particular, and she made it known, do you know what I mean, for what they've done for this um, election, which I thought was actually quite noble of her and hopefully an indication of how she's going to move forward. It can't, you know, I mean, it's a tweet, <laughs> so you never know. She said it in her acceptance speech as well. Yes, she did. So, yeah, I think it's um, it's just interesting. Do you think that white women will feel a way that this kind of feat has been given to a, a black woman before them, like being VP? Maybe the kind of white women that feel a way are the kind of white women that are the problem. <laughs> the parents. All the current stand up going on to show. I was just gonna, I was just gonna say, yeah. Well, Hillary must be pissed in general, just in general, because Biden smashed her record. You know, what I mean, record numbers of people voting. Like, to be honest, it, it's probably not the case, but it's easy to point fingers at her and say that she was the problem back in 2016. But yeah, no, of course, like anytime a black woman succeeds, um, everyone's hating. I don't think it's just white women. I think it's all people in general. They love to hate us. It's going to be even more mad when um, Biden steps aside and she becomes president in two years. Exactly. Because you that's know that's right. happening. You, yeah, know you, know. Happening. you know, you know, you know. That's 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 a hot minute. His dementia is going to kick in and it was going to come tumbling down, but at least for, you know what I mean? We, exactly. alleged, alleged dementia is going to kick in and we feel... I, feel, <laughs> I don't know, yeah. Trump's doing all right, isn't he? Trump ain't got dementia, he's got insanity. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a psychopath. All right, so we have Andrea says, the first person of colour is easier and makes more sense to me. Under US law, she is black though. One drop rule still exists. Um, Indian Americans are calling her Indian, Black Americans are calling her Black. Um, I think there is a query that her husband was also of Asian heritage from Jamaica. Um, Nee says people were having the same conversations about Obama being mixed race. And Antoinette says, yes, white women will feel hell away. 55% of them voted for Trump and Karens are, are angry right now. 
Right. So going on the theme of the election, I wanted to talk about black men. <laughs> Problematic black men with pl platforms. <laughs> so Ice Cube, who basically got played by Trump. Lil Wayne, who demonstrated that he's completely lost in the world. Where he doesn't even have a right to vote and he's still talking on the matter. Um, 50 Cent, who basically just didn't read the room at all. And Kanye, who, let's face it, is in a different dimension. Um, <laughs> Basically, they all kind of endorsed Trump beforehand. In one way or another, they all endorsed Trump. Or, and also, like, Kanye ran for president as well kind of thing. I think he got 50,000 votes in the end. Those 50,000 votes, we didn't need them in the end, but they could have gone to the, um, the Democrats. But, okay, cool. It just shows that, you know, what popularity can do. Do you know what I mean? It can influence things. 90% of black women voted Democrat and 12% of black men voted for Trump. 10% of black women didn't vote for other. I think 6% actually voted for Trump. So, so let me say that again. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That was really confusing. So in terms of who voted for Trump for black people, 12% of black men voted for Trump and 6% of black women voted for Trump. So double the amount, basically, of black men voted for Trump. These black men, yeah, basically, I just want to know, are they cancelled? Are they the weakest link? Have they proven themselves now? Like, did, or did, did like the media kind of get it wrong? That was my other question as well, kind of thing. Did they just go with this story, like, and sensationalize these kind of rappers and made them out to be the, the voice of black men? I feel like black men are getting a hard deal, honestly, on this one. I know that it's twice as much as black women, but I think we, face different things. And I think definitely African-American men face different things to African-American women, and they see things slightly different. So let's say that a large percentage of these men were voting purely on the economic basis of what Trump could do to help them, what the Republicans could do for taxes and, and that type of base. Um, I think along all racial lines, more men voted for Trump. Yeah. And if we take it that quite a few men who have conservative leanings also have wives and partners who would be considered quite conservative, so they may be the breadwinners and, and equality may not be on the forefront of their minds, I think Trump would touch their base because they may be the ones that are bringing in the most money. They may be higher earners. They may be their Christians. They're a part of the Bible Belt. I could see how he would appeal to that type of man. But I think we shouldn't forget the 88% of Black men that voted with the popular viewpoints of other Black people. And it just feels like another stab at Black men to focus on the huge minority of them that went against the general consensus of the populace and also most people that affect change actually are not in groupthink they are going against it now I'm not saying that the republicans represent change I'm just saying as a mindset maybe they didn't want to go with the popular viewpoint of other black people maybe they were being rebels 
just putting it out there as different types of ways of thinking about it. And to the rappers, 50 Cent said he was trolling. He sent a white Jewish woman to speak on his behalf. Lil Wayne hasn't been okay for many years. We don't even know if that's still Lil Wayne. Ice Cube, I absolutely understand why he spoke to representatives from the Republican Party because they would speak to him and he didn't sit down with Trump and he didn't tell anybody to vote for Trump. I think we should give ICE a bit more leeway to see where his contract with Black America goes before striking him off. Kanye West is not here. <laughs> so we don't even need to. And and I don't even think the people that voted for Kanye would, would have voted for Democrats. Kanye's been a Republican for a while now. And his conservative points of view does not match up with Democrats. So it's like, actually, it's probably he stole 50,000 votes from Trump supporters. You kind of got me there a little, a little, little, little piece, a little piece in the sense of, yeah, 88% of black men didn't vote for Trump. So you're right. Sometimes the focus of the right is taken away so that we can demonize people. So yeah, you, you kind of got me there, but then you lost me in a few places as well still. Ice Cube, I'm sorry, he might not have said vote for Trump, but he might as well have said vote for Trump. Those words might not have come out of his mouth, but everything else in his actions, he might as well have said vote for Trump. The fact that he was saying that um, they're the ones that wanted to speak to him, he had an invitation to speak to Kamala Harris, along with other people, and he decided against it. He said, he said that um, he wanted a private audience with her, and that's what he was promised. He still could have spoke to her and then had and then made ways to have a private audience afterwards. He could have done that. He decided not to because he said, no, I don't see why I should talk to these other people because they've got their own agendas. That's what he decided. He wanted to, he probably voted for Trump. I mean, what did he tweet afterwards? Something about, oh, you're, you're demonizing me or something like that. I can't remember the context of the words, but he came out and said some shit afterwards. But basically, you know that man voted for Trump, if he voted at all, let's just say that. Kanye West, I think it was closer to 60,000 that he got, but that's just like a day's tweets, isn't it? Like, that's just whoever <laughs> liked his tweet for the day. It was them people that went and voted for him. And like, you know, ah, oh, he's problematic. I was nervous and I was getting a little bit angry towards old Kanye because I was thinking to myself, it's tight in certain places. And if you'd have just shut your mouth, it would have been less tight. So I have to say that, you know, like it was it was kind of annoying because you knew you weren't going to win. So what was your overall point, Kanye? It's not like you were going like the rest of them from state to state hosting these events to get people to come and vote for you. That, that's not what you did. You made a bit of noise on Twitter. You went to a couple of places and that was about all that you did. Little Wayne should be cancelled for many reasons and not just this. I used to really like Little Wayne. I think losing his hair, he's lost his mind as well. That's kind of what's happened to him. I can't remember what else you were saying because it was it's so loaded. But yeah, I think the fact that 88% of black men didn't vote for Trump. Let's focus on that a little bit. There's always going to be some lost cooners, aren't there? But, you know, that's what it is. Yeah, I was, that's what I was going to say, that the fact that they push out the 12% rather than the 88%, that's the part that shows that the media and all everybody, whoever's the puppet masters, are playing us against each other. And I, I've watched a few conversations, again, more ADOS-led people talking and talking and um, seeing it from their point of view, trying to sift away the people that are just being divisive and creating inter-black fighting. Um, 
there was a guy that was saying that like there's a lot of talk about black women and black men are not mentioned and that 88% are just overlooked but I, I just don't know which battle to fight first because I get that um, there needs to be a black agenda I really really do but I also into community black men and black women have to like an understanding of each other because I think that black men that are leading this agenda and the black women that are leading this black agenda separately because I'm in this like I said in this conversation the guy was calling the blue tick black women. So the blue tick black women are being dismissed as the bougie intelligent people, as well, along with the blue tick black men who are the intelligent folk who are dismissed, who are very Democrat, who dismiss anyone who says anything against democratic way and writes them off as like being ignorant and stupid. So I, I really hate black intelligent people, the black intelligentsia, I call them, who just like look down on black people that don't think in that kind of educated highbrow way. So there's this divide between black men and these black blue tick black blue tick people, and those are, for that means like the verified social media people that have the loud voices on social media. So there was this conversation about how black tick, black and blue tick women are against the black men that were challenging this Republican or challenging this idea that there should be a black agenda. So that was a really interesting position to look at. And so I was just really wondering that, do we need to have a conversation, a town hall amongst black people to like, how do we present our agendas together? Because in, Ice Cube has been challenged for not having enough of a black women section on his black agenda. It's very led to with the voice of black men. And Time and Memorial has seen that black men, it seems stereotypically, just want what, what just want what white men have want. And I'm not saying that's all of them, but it seems like it's very patriarchal and it's very much like, well, the white man is oppressive, but we actually want to be like the white man, as rich, as successful, and as run the world as the white men do. There's not much. And maybe I'm being very um, blanket statement here, but it just seems like the agenda doesn't consider black women in a way that we need to be considered because we are tend to be left home, single mothers, raising the household um. and all that type of stuff. So it's just, I feel like we need to have a bit of a conversation. So the ice cubes and the blue tick black ladies or whatever they are, they need to have a conversation and then present an agenda that makes sense for both. Because I feel like there's some infighting that doesn't make sense. And that's why we've got, it's so easy to, to demonize black men and, but then you've got these black men who are demonizing educated black women specifically. And then you've got the, the, the black women who are labeled as pick me's because they're supporting black men. And they just seem like, oh, you're just the ones that just want to get married and you don't, you're not thinking for yourself. So it's all this kind of weird infight. These are the conversations I'm seeing. It's just all over the place. It's like, again, and I think that's what frustrates me. Yes, again, we're trying to present a united front, but we're not united behind the scenes. So, and I know it's impossible to be like, we're all on the same page, but I think it's dangerous that well, not dangerous. I think it's a bit much that you've got people like Ice Cube that are leading this agenda, being really dismissive of, there's also something about black women being championed over black men, which makes black men feel like, well, they're being championed and we're being ignored. So it causes, it always just affects us in the community. That's all I'm saying. All this info, all this kind of separation and pitting ourselves against each other and then picking up the baton to war against each other in front of everybody. It just causes a lot of dissension in the community. I don't necessarily agree with that because I, I do think there are different groups, even if you look at like like the white demographic, do you know what I mean? Like you have like soccer moms and you have Christians for Trump or women Christians for Trump or do you know what I mean? Like kind of thing, like there's all different like sections. So I don't know why, maybe, maybe it's the public side of it of them having that discussion. Maybe that's what you don't like, but I think, I think it's, I think there's nothing wrong with having different fractions. I'm not against that at all. And also I do think that traditionally 
in civil rights or kind of like activist kind of movements, black women are often pushed to the back. Do you know what I mean? They're pushed to the side. Their agenda is not just their, like they're physically <laughs> pushed to the back. So I just don't think, what is it? What do you want to clarify? I just want to say that maybe that's what the problem is, is that we in the public eye, and it is a public eye in the media and all that type of hype, then okay so now black black women were pushed aside and it's black men that led the way now it's black men that are being pushed aside and black women led the way let are being pushed to the forefront and then in community we're in fighting and I, I think there's nothing wrong with having factions i think you need black men to speak for black men and i think you need black women to speak for black women but are we speaking to each other as we're presenting this agenda that's to be on a national platform you know what i'm saying so that's the part i'm just a bit the, like the thing, the thing is yeah. it's just like i feel like okay if we take ice cube for example like who did you consult before you presented the actual agenda who did you consult if you're not consulting black women then why should i support you do you know what i mean like that doesn't make any sense to me it's just the underlying sexism anyway that's just there those are the conditions that we're working with but i do think that I, i'm not surprised and also like the numbers don't lie like 90 percent is huge amount that's a huge amount do you know what I mean? Like 90% of black women vote in one way. That's that's an insane amount. And then you can actually identify the women that actually galvanized this, that they'd done it and they'd done it themselves, right? Do you know what I mean? They didn't need to be um, sidelined, oppressed, um, marginalized in any sort of way. And they were able to galvanize that kind of power. That should be admired. Do you know what I mean? And that's why I'm just saying like, no matter what black women do, there's always a way. <laughs> No one's happy for us. Do you know what I mean? That's part of the of the problem, I think. I do think it sensationalised the whole 12% thing. I do. I, I was only kind of like just setting up and everything. But I do think it's sensationalised. But I did think it was interesting. And I do think like the, the um, you know, the media does get it wrong. And they think that these rappers speak for us. They don't. They just don't. They don't even speak for black men. Do you know what I mean? Like they speak for themselves. And, essentially that's what they do so i think they were just part of the noise and they kind of got in in the way of having important conversations it's not necessarily about having engaging in like oh what does trump think about things or what's his agenda it's more about fixing what works in the democratic space really and truly and those conversations weren't being had and i think that that's 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 a bit of um, an issue i'm not really for exploring that opposition side at all and maybe that's not necessarily the popular thing because everyone says like listen to all sides but I'm not uh, personally I'm not interested in that really. I wanted to add another black man to that list of problematic black men Van I want to say Van Jones. <laughs> I knew that was Van Jones. Please, no, why are you crying? I'm listen. I'm really not for the whole like black men shouldn't cry. Da, da, da. I have two black boys, and I freely when they want to express, they should express. But this black man is purposely put on TV, a voice of reason for black men, and I, I don't get why he was crying. Like honestly, I'm like, why are you crying at this? Like it's not like your brother or your sister won something. These are not your kin. And no, ah, uh, uh, that pissed me off. I want to put him on there. If we're having Ice Cube still on this list, Van Jones or what? I think it's Van Jones. Him, anyway. Dude that cried twice. Now we've seen him crying. He needs to go on the list as well. Do you know what? I, I will allow it because he flip flops 
all the time. Do you know what I mean? Like he really does. And he says some controversial things. So yeah, he can be on the list too. Okay. okay. Sorry. Go on, go on, Auntie Farah, go on. Okay, so I watched it live when he cried. And when he first started crying, I was like, bruv, calm down. But then I was like, oh, but I don't know if that's because I am personally hormonal right now. So I don't know if I was like, oh, but it was just like, calm down. There was bits when he was, when I was watching, because like, I've never watched CNN so much in my entire life than this whole past week. But basically there was bits when um he was talking and he was making it very much about me. Oh, I know her and we did this together and I've known her for a long time and da 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 and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, bruv, it's not about you. Calm down. So when he started crying and he was making it, my daughter is and <laughs> I was a bit like, you're an ugly crier. But then at the same time, <laughs> like, men should cry. Show your emotions. You don't need to be so macho, macho man. Do you know what I mean? You don't need to be so much like that. So uh, he's half on the list for me. You see, for me, because I, I think I, I sent it to the group, like when I saw it, I was like, what are you doing, bruv? Um, stop it. Because I think it's that what I was feeling when the, the call was finally called, and everyone was like, oh my God, I was feeling like black people, we can't be like overly jubilant. We can have a party, have a drink, yay, high five, but let's get back to work because we can't, this, whenever we sleep and get relaxed, that's when we get all the shit done to us. So I was a bit like, and I don't wanna see no black people crying on screen. And it's not about black masculinity. I want black men to be more vulnerable because hey, it helps me out. So <laughs> let's not, but let's not cry because it's that, as you said, that wonderful, amenable, uh, amiable black man that, you know, the one that wears a suit and doesn't wear a hoodie and pulls his trousers up and speaks well and won't get stopped by the police, won't get killed by the police because he toes the line. And I think Van did a show where he went into families and tried to show that I'm a nice black man and you can have me in your home. And he's just done too many things. In tr and I get, and I kind of get his earnestness. I, I don't want to dismiss that because I'm sure he's, just an earnest guy with hopes and dreams and like all of us, but it sometimes just feels like you are so easily puppet mastered and you cried sobs on TV about something that we're not, we don't know what the agenda is. You should know, but you're, you've been a pundit for years. Come on, come on. But I, I will give him that moment. I was kind of feeling steely hearted until I saw um, Natasha Rothwell. And I think she's the girl from East Insecure. Her tweet about saying, Imagine the, she didn't call them Central Park Five, she gave all their names, but I don't, I can't remember them off by heart. Imagine them being able to vote Trump out. So, and that's the one part that got me and made me kind of tear up because I get the emotion. I really don't want to dismiss anyone's emotion in this. And I know it's been a long, horrible four years. And I maybe, I might even, I'm saying all this, if I was a pundit, I might have teared up, but that's just because of emotions, but not Van, no, sorry, Van's on, yeah, no, sorry, I just had to say that. And Ice Cube, I get his, I get his point, but I just feel like he might as well have just said, I think Trump's gonna do it for us, rather than this flip-flopping and getting angry. And his actual tweet was, let me get this straight, I get the President of the United States to agree to put over half a trillion dollars of capital in the black community, in quotes, in brackets, without an endorsement, and niggers are mad at me. Well, have a nice life. It was three emojis and a, that was arrogant. And I think that was absolutely betrayed the fact that he was endorsing Trump, or even if he didn't want to say it out loud, you you had a deal half a half a half a trillion dollars for the black community, and you believed all, and you believed <laughs> I don't know. I just thought that was a really arrogant tweet that didn't need to go out there. And I just think he needed to handle his emotions better because yes, it's frustrating and you're, maybe you have got a good agenda, you've got good plans, got good ideas, fine. But I just think his management of this public facing was a bit arrogant and a little bit too 
dismissive of black people who are sitting there like, look at what we're dealing with. And you're telling us to be like, okay. Instead of like the black women that are going out there like Stacey Abraham, but like, do you know what I mean? She got 800,000 people voting. New voters. New, New voters. voters. Yeah. That's an insane amount of effort. There's a plan, organising, and she's getting shit done. Do you know what I mean? Not coming with arrogance because you're, you've got this platform and you've got this thing like, you know, oh, you're going to sit down with this person, but you didn't want to sit down with that person. Like, get over yourself, man. Seriously, like, really and truly, like, how much have you actually, like, how much you... Uh, is this for the people? And then also as well, like getting your ego out of the way. I just, nah. I think that's, that's your made a point is Diddy, has he did Ice Cube and all the, and even Diddy as well, everyone, all the men who are out there with his agenda, because I think there is a thing, we do look towards the men, it's in our, in our community, we look towards the men. So these black men with their agendas are doing for black people. Are they talking to the black women who have that power to galvanize 80,000 or 800,000 votes, or whatever she got, um, Stacey Abrams got? Has Ice Cube had a meeting with Stacey Abrams? He didn't even want to meet Kamala. Probably not. He's talking from a man's perspective. Let's be real. He is. One thing about Stacey Abrams, she trolled Trump every day for the last four years. <laughs> every single day. She trolled him. And then when the results were um, came out, she said, finally, America liked my tweet. <laughs> <laughs> we need to move on, though, ladies. OK, quick comments. I would go to a queer's comment. She says, these famous black men are famous, put on a platform for a reason. The reason is to always make black men look bad, period, all the time. I would never look at a black man with a platform and think he's ever doing anything to help the race. That's not why they have been given a platform. When your job is to keep power, everything you do and everyone you give a black platform to is there to serve you. And then Nicola has said, one of the areas we need to showcase in earnest is black family and black love, not mixed love or acceptable blackface love, but real black love. I am tired of black men with their white wives talking on behalf of black folk. There, I said it. And then Nee says, black men should cry more only when we think it's appropriate, though. <laughs> I, just, I loved Andrea also said, I turned over the channel when he, meaning Van, started crying. Cringe TV. Agreed. <laughs> yes, that's my sister. We don't get down like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't mind. Cry all you like. <laughs> Fine. Hey, I'm Auntie Nana. You're listening to Your Aunties Could Never. Now it's time for aunties to fix your life with Aunties Know Best. Who's got a I have one. Go ahead, girl. Okay, cool. This was what's up to me. Hi, aunties. A really big influencer on social media isn't paying me to work for her. I really want to learn from them, but as I believe it will give me the knowledge to go ahead. But at the same time, I need some money. I found out they were paying other interns and not me because, you know, people talk. What do I do? Do I address it and and risk losing the opportunity or do I just firm it and face my front? I'd say address it because I think it just starts set the precedent for going forward. Don't be scared to ask for what your ask for your rights because you should. Um, and don't have to be aggressive about it. Just say, look, I just heard that maybe other people are getting paid. Can I get an explanation why I'm not getting paid? The big influencer might have her reasons. She might be legit or it might just be like, you didn't ask, so you didn't get. So 
no harm in asking. Because um, uh, before you said that she was she was paying others, I do know that people kind of assume that because you've got hundreds of thousands of followers and numbers that your budgets are out the wall. People misinterpret that numbers means pounds. It doesn't always mean that. So the influence might be big, but they might not have the means to pay people and they might not be doing it out of spite or out of being just tight. But the fact that she's paying others, then maybe have a conversation. Just you have every right to have a conversation. Yeah, it's difficult. I think employers need to understand that employees talk about how much they get paid. This whole thing of back in the day where Bob didn't tell Tom how much he got paid, that went out the window. People talk about what they get paid. So they need to do things fairly. And if she, if the influencer, because you're right, likes don't equate to, or followers don't equate to pounds, but if she knows that she can't pay this person, then she needs to have a conversation and just say to her, look, it's not in the budget right now. I'm paying some people because I can afford to, you know, stick with me. You're learning right now because a lot of internships do not pay. It's all about the experience and you go into it knowing that. So if you've gone into it knowing that you now can't be bitter because you found that someone else is getting paid, but you should have a conversation and just say, where can we go from there? Does she like the job? Does this person still like the job? Uh, yeah. They don't so want to lose the job, basically. Okay. So she likes the job. As I said, the influencer might not be in a position to pay her or the influencer might, might just be some tight ass. So maybe she just needs to grow some cojones and go up to this person and say to them, yo, are you going to pay me? How long is this going to carry on? Am I doing a good job? Are you happy with what I'm doing? You are excellent. Amazing. Can we start talking about money? Because it'd be good to if I could maybe earn some because I'm putting a lot out and not getting so much in from a financial perspective but you know I went all the way to America and did an internship for three months and didn't get paid a penny they just paid for my, tra my transport while I was was there they didn't you know it was totally I had to do it myself but it was worth every penny that I spent myself for the experience so sometimes these things are more about the experience than they are about the financial benefits and that's what you need to look you need to ascertain you need to work that out I think you can't um watch what anybody else is getting paid that's just information but also you don't know what they're doing in order to be making money so if you want to really you need to present yourself as asking questions what could I do to help you and be getting paid for it is there any admin that I can help you with and get paid for it like literally like state state a, a, you, it needs to be of benefit to this influencer that you're working under because at the moment she's giving you she's giving you free game so that to her is payment you're in under her influence you're learning from her that's a form of payment from her but if you want more then you need to offer her more as well like you can't just be, it, it if she's seeing you as free there's probably other people that would take your position and are not going to expect to be paid for it so literally provide an extra service to her to put it in to persuade her to give you some money to have extra leverage in there because just because other people are being paid that may be her limit and and you was an add-on to that like for your benefit i wouldn't be like somebody is trying to exploit me unless they are actually like stating this i've offered them more help and they're taking it without paying me when we had agreed that there was going to be some type of money really it's like a conversation needs to be had but don't assume anything literally like go in there and offer something additional to what you're offering now and try and get paid for that and if that doesn't work pivot from that move on to another influencer and say all of the stuff that you was helping this person with and you can 
you, you know, negotiate better, as Charlemagne says. Like, <laughs> you need to be negotiating. Negotiate. If she doesn't have any money, negotiate with somebody else who may, may have money and they can pay you. But definitely don't go into victim mode. Don't think that you're being exploited because as soon as you put that vibe out there, you are. It's like the universe will provide. So just go in there and, and position yourself in the best light that you can to be getting paid and you will get paid. What does it say behind you, Auntie Nana? Grind, hustle, repeat. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> Are you any good, though? <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, but I'm not joking. Yeah. Yeah, facts, 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 facts. You have to have a really hard conversation with yourself. Do you know what I mean? I do, as a society, think that internships should be paid. However, I do think that maybe there needs to be funding schemes for them as well, because it's very difficult as small businesses to actually provide paid internships, especially for someone who's learning from scratch, right? It's actually a risk. You as the intern are learning. And for a very small business, any mistake could have a dramatic effect. There could be cost implications, like you could lose clients, all that kind of stuff. It's not an easy decision to make to take on an intern at all. There does have to be some sort of exchange, but also know the value of the position that you're in. Do you know what I mean? If it's a sought after internship, then you need to kind of weigh up what you might need to do. Like say if you was interning Monday to Friday, you might need to work on the weekend. So do you know what I mean? If this person can't pay you, but I definitely think it's worth having a conversation, um, but be prepared for that answer to be no. And be prepared that, you know, as much as you're having conversations with your colleagues, that they might know that you're not getting paid. Do you know what I mean? But then also maybe they started off not getting paid and they worked their way up to it. You can only really get out what you put in. Any kind of career where usually in the arts <laughs> or it's a passion career is expensive. It's a privilege. It's actually a privilege. Um, do you know what I mean? And I think in this day and age, we forget that. It's very difficult to kind of get into some of these industries. Um, so you need to make sure you align yourself with the right people. And not all internships are the same, right? So you might be working with someone and you're not actually learning anything. So then I agree with what Auntie Nanashek's saying is just go find someone else. Do you know what I mean? At least if you've got um, skills that you want to impart or want to demonstrate, you've got, you've got the tools to negotiate. Do you know what I mean? But it's not for everybody. And then also as well, sometimes you have to leave internships, get a job, save up, and then go <laughs> do an internship, right? It's not a given. I don't know, actually. I don't know what the... We are, like, just for the record, my company, we do paid internships, by the way. But we're not, we don't have any vacancies, by the way, before anyone starts. But <laughs> um, I don't know what the law is at the moment. Do you know what I mean? About unpaid internships, whether that's still a thing anyway. I'm not too sure. I don't know if anyone... I don't, think, I, don't, I don't think it's law yet, is it? No, it's an internship, so you don't have to pay them. But, yeah. but the thing about internships, you have to make it make sense for you. Otherwise, yeah. what is the point of doing it? If you're doing an internship and you're not learning anything, then move on because you're there to learn. The reason why you're giving your services and you're doing this is to learn. And if you're not learning, then move on. And it's very clear when you get a paid internship, you're very fortunate to get a paid internship because yeah. people, a lot of businesses take it on as cheap labour. And sometimes they don't have the time to teach you, which if you're in that particular, just move on. Make yourself indispensable. Go above and beyond. That's when you're going to learn. That's when you're go they're, they're going to see the true value of you. That's when they're going to want to do things to help you even more. If you're just another little person that sits in the corner licking stamps, 
then it, why should they bother? But yeah. if you show them that you want to do more and you're interested and you go around and you talk to people, they will notice you. Make yourself yeah. noticed. Yeah, some of my best jobs have been free. And that's been my hairdressing days. I had loads, I did lots and lots of work for free or for very little money, but my CV reads, and I'm not saying that's the best advocate, that's not the best way to always do it, but I've got so many massive opportunities that my CV looks good for hairdressing because I was willing to do those things for free. And I knew that I was learning, the bigger picture was, I was learning and my CV looks very, very pretty. Up to today, I still get asked to do work based on my CV and I haven't done proper hair work for a couple of years. And so when I'm, I'm, I'm the other aunties have been a lot more generous. I was just like, go and talk to your boss, go and talk to the person without preparing, but not without preparing, but the, the easiest thing to do is just to go and ask and just say, look, I heard that people are getting paid. I'm not, what's the situation? And you'll soon get the truth. And whether it be like, well, you're not doing enough or this and this and this, this is my budget. You'll get the truth very soon. So instead of sitting there, maybe worrying about it, have a mature conversation. And it also, like I was saying, sets a precedent because we get kind of scared to oh, like speak up for ourselves when we think we're, sometimes the internship or the opportunity becomes bigger than actually our personal rights and our personal, um, I can't think of the word, but sometimes we put that above our own self worth and our self value. And actually you have every right to, determine whether you should get paid for something or not. But be as Auntie Shadows and others have said, make sure you're prepared for the answer. It could just be no, or it could just be actually, you think you're sitting there licking stamps as Auntie Farah said, that you're gonna get paid. No, you're not showing initiative. You're not doing enough. So there's all that type of stuff. Next, dilemma. So we had a good comment come in from Nee. He said she should ask the employer if they would consider applying for the Kickstart Fund from the government so that you get a, a pocket full of money for interns. I mean, that that may be of interest for any business owners as well. That Kickstart fund is is out there. So if you do need an, um, an intern, that's another good route to go down. Any more comments? Okay, I have a quick one. Um, just some advice for a, a friend who, a friend, not my friend, someone's friend, who came out of jail when they were, they're in their early 30s and they feel a bit resigned to the fact that because of their history, there's nothing more they can do. So they've continued their career on the road. And the friend is saying like, look, they've tried to have, they've had lots of conversations and the person is bright, intelligent, has lots going for them, but is very, very conscious of the fact that they have to check box that they've been inside for violent crime at that, but they were young, stupid, and they, these things in quotes happen. No one died. I'm not saying that diminishes it. No one died, no one was attacked in a sexual way or anything like that. It was just a fight that got out of hand and that person got sent down. Um, and um, yeah, as a black man, this guy, the friend is just really conscious and worried about the guy because he feels like, look, he's just heading for a path back into jail and doesn't know how to convince him how to do anything else. And he was wanting some advice as, are there any schemes, any opportunities or anything, or is there any way that this guy can apply for work and not declare his violent past and stuff like that? Unfortunately, in this day and age, you have to declare because if you don't and you get the job, it's a whole another story. Um, you have to declare. What sort of jobs is he looking for? Because there's lots of things that you can do with a criminal record. He's more frustrated because the friend is kind of like, I ain't got no choice. I have to do the roads. And maybe the friend isn't even really looking at other work because it's just resigned to the fact that. And there's obviously, I, I mean, I kind of said that is a little bit element of like the money's fast, easy and don't have to think, don't have to try. Just, well, I think road life is bloody hard, if you ask me. But when that's what you know or you think you know why would you then change maybe work in an environment that you feel uncomfortable maybe or maybe feel like the black in the room oh, you know that type of stuff anyways that's yeah. kind of i mean uh, 
it's difficult because I think I know people on both ends of the scale. I know people that have gone to jail and they've come out and they've absolutely turned their life around and they've made sure that that them going to jail at whatever age it was does not stop them from striving and being the best that they can be legally. You know, it's just like that's that that was then. This is now. I'm not going to repeat that. And then I know people who also have gone to jail and they don't want to work. The idea of a nine to five, which is maybe what they think that they can do scares them that it was you know they're used to turning over a vast amount of money back in a day because shit ain't like that anymore and it exactly. scares them that I did. so then they're always chasing this pound and they're never getting that pound because the roads are not the same but I think what maybe this person needs to do is focus on something that they can do for themselves so work for themselves a lot of the people that I know who have come out and are successful they own their own business they're in control of their own destiny, so they're not relying on somebody else to employ them. They're, you know, they're, they're striving and doing stuff themselves. So maybe this person needs to focus on that. Like, what are you good at other than being on road? And if you're good at selling, maybe sell something else, you know? I would say exactly the same thing. It's like, if they were really successful selling on roads, then you know how to sell. And then you've just got to pivot the, the product. But... If they weren't, and it was really about the kind of brotherhood that they sought out, it was a part of being in a collective, that type of thing, it really depends on their mindset. And if their mindset isn't right and they're hell-bent on doing this, I, I wouldn't waste my energy. Like, really pray for them, wish them well, but you can't change people and you can't actually provide them with the path for them to go on. Like, they have to seek that out themselves. The... To me, it's like, why are you even trying to to get a job? Because the job that you get is probably going to be low paid. Like, really try and set up a business. Focus on, there's so many opportunities, like the Forex trading, like literally set up a little shop. Like, there's so, do print on demand. There's so many different ways to make money. If your mind is in the right place to do it legally, you'll do that and you'll find it. And if you have somebody like a good brethren that is prepared to be like, I'm I'm here to help you along the way, it's really focusing on are they listening to me? Are they even worth this energy that I'm putting into them? If they're not and they're hellbent in going back to prison, let that person go and hope that they don't take you with them. You can only help people so far. I would just be very clear in the direction that I'm going in. And if you're not going in the same direction, I mean, you can't roll anymore. Sorry, but that's that's it. That is the end. Because you can't change people. You can only really change yourself, really. And if, if someone's not, if they're not changing their patterns of behaviour, sooner or later, that's going to come to you, man. I'm not about that, man. Not at all. I can't get through you. So I think it's the friend might need to manage their own expectations in terms of what they're going to be able to get out of this friendship and what their expectation is of their, you know, this person. Because... They're clearly stuck in a cycle, um, but it's not always for you to be able to get them out of it. Sometimes they have to get out on themselves, which is a very painful thing to watch. It really is. But, you know, that's, it's just how it is sometimes, you know. They have to confront their own demons and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's a sticky one still. I thought when you said that, it's a sticky one still. The main thing is the painful watch of a friend that you know or you assume has so much potential and just not see it for themselves and that that happens in all sorts of situations not just someone trying to stay off the roads and stuff like that it's just very frustrating to watch someone with so much talent or potential yeah just waste it potentially again 
Any comments? Um, we have one from Aquia. She says this guy should start a business, but if the guy is really tied to the life before mm. because of lack of confidence, then he should look at modalities that will help with the brain. Um, I know we talk about this a lot, but mindset is key and psychedelics can help in this regard. Psychedelics legal though? Not in this country. Okay, cool. So then I don't think... able to travel to um, Portugal. Okay. <laughs> Portugal, <laughs> Amsterdam, <laughs> yeah. there's ways. Because <laughs> he's trying to get away from the life of crime, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> Mushrooms are everywhere. They are. Um, yeah, and just, yeah. Anna, please take your book with you, identifying which mushrooms are which mushrooms. Please. <laughs> I'm not saying to get them. I'm saying they're everywhere. I'm being like Donald Trump. I'm just passing information on. Let's not. Let's not. Um. That was Auntie's no best. If you have a dilemma, please send them to dilemmas dot your aunties could never at gmail.com hey i'm auntie shade you're listening to your aunties could never it's almost time to wrap up before we do aunties what's made you sad mad or glad hey i'm auntie farah and you're listening to your aunties could never and now we're about to take you guys back with black in the day who's is it oh i was it was listed guys Oh, Mom, then tell us. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see. <laughs> I had <some> propaganda. Crying <laughs> time. <laughs> Man never said who's black in the day is though. You get me, aunties. The black in the day. What I did forget to put in the WhatsApp is actually on the on the calendar invite, and it is. Hey, who was anyway, it? Anyway, auntie Nana's. Actually. Oh, okay. Um, We're gonna figure it on the spot. Okay, yeah. in, intermission. <laughs> okay, do you remember the first time you voted? Let's keep it on. Oh. First time you voted. Okay. That's a good one. I actually um, don't know who I voted. I think it might have been Tony Blair for me. It, it was Tony Blair for me. Yeah, okay. it might have been the whole things are going to get better, Tony yeah. Blair phase. Yeah. Delusional, things are going to get better. Also, I was trying to improve my credit at the time and I knew that if I voted, it would help to do that. <laughs> so, yeah. It's true. I think that might have been the first person I voted for. Uh, uh, are you allowed to vote from 16 or is it 18? 18. Okay, so then mine probably would have been uh, maybe Tony Blair. Then did Tony get two terms? He was did around he for a while. Twice? I feel I like, like he, he was, was just a for a long time. Yeah, let's Google. I feel like it was a long time. Yeah, so maybe it was the second time around that I voted for Tony Blair. Um but literally, you know, I wasn't even thinking about politics though when yes. I voted. I literally voted for Labour because my mum voted for Labour and probably told me to vote for Labour and probably gave me my electoral card and was like, you're coming with me, we're going to vote. And that was how I voted. I wasn't thinking about it. There was one year when I really, I actually was going to sign up to be a member of the Labour Party. This, uh, maybe wow. before Corbyn around that time, but I was like, really like, um, I did actually, maybe I'm a member of the Labour Party, but I did, I was, <laughs> I would get letters and stuff. And I was really in it from my home on the keyboard, on the internet. I didn't actually go to meetings or anything, but I was officially a champagne socialist keyboard warrior and would, <laughs> would fight for the Labour Party in forums with people. But you know, <laughs> you live and you learn. <laughs> I just shadow. Um, I'm thinking it must have been 
It might have been what year was that? Do you know far? It was two times. Well, not times because we don't do it like that. He was prime minister for ten years from two thousand and seven to sorry, two thousand and seven. No, nineteen ninety seven. Sorry, nineteen ninety seven to two thousand and seven. That's how long okay. he was prime minister for. The internet does say Tony Blair was the only Labour prime minister to serve two full consecutive terms. Thank yeah, you very much. You say yeah, but when you're saying terms, I think it's confusing because people are thinking like in America you can only serve two terms. Here you can. Hey, you can be prime minister as long as people vote you in. Yeah. Point in case, Margaret Thatcher. They had to her own party had to get her out. So that's the only reason why I'm saying it's not like just two, just two terms. I don't think that I voted because I would have been depending on a month. I think I was too young originally. No, nah, mate. Second time you could have voted. Second time, I don't think I did vote because I just wouldn't have been in that mindset. But I think once he came out. Once it was like Gordon Brown or something. And then I think when it was trying to change, then I was just like, oh, right, I've got to vote now. Do you know what I mean? And then I've been a voter ever since. It says that he won 1997 general election, 2001 general election and 2005 general election. Basically, what happened in 2007, because of all the stuff that was happening, the Iraq thing, that's when Gordon Brown took over from yeah. him he stepped down and gordon brown yeah. took over him, from him who subsequently then lost the election yeah. yes. so he, he yeah. won three elections okay yeah well that that was nice and, tidy. and I, met, I met tony blair as well actually and had a conversation with him and he was very nice very very nice when i was when i was young and that's why i was just like yes i have to support the labor party because he seemed like a down-to-earth guy not like some of the other politicians. I used to do this peer education stuff. So I used to meet like a lot of politicians and stuff or like on Arthur Centerpoint, Homeless Charity. And like a lot of them were full up, up their own asses. Do you know what I mean? But he was very, very down to earth. Maybe that's his charm, but yeah. Yep. It worked. Yeah, definitely worked because he had a lot of us fooled. Yeah. Okay. Hey, I'm Auntie Shade. You're listening to your aunties could never. It's almost time to wrap up. Before we do, aunties, What's made you sad, mad, or glad? So, I am sad about the flash floods that are happening in Jamaica currently. I'm sad about that. It's not getting enough news. I'm sad about that. I am mad at Lord Kill Clooney. His remarks about Kamala. He said, um, so if Biden steps down and the Indian gets in, who's vice president? He then subsequently was told to delete the Twitter because this was on Twitter. He tweeted and then um, he then refused to apologise. And lots of MPs are saying that he should apologise. And he's saying, no, he has a great fondness for Indians. It wasn't racist and it was taken in the wrong context. He has great fondness for Indians and India and it was taken in the wrong context. So I'm mad at this man and being able to say things like this. Apparently, it's not the first time either. Another MP has remarked or Lord or whoever has remarked. Um, I am glad at the thought that Donald Trump may be escorted out of the White House by the Secret Service. <laughs> that fills me with joy. And then we're finally going to see Milena take the batteries out of her back. Uh, can we come back to me? I'm still formulating. Um, so I'm going to say sad about Jamaica as well. What's happening there? It's terrible. What's happening? And people aren't doing enough, to be honest. Um, so I'm sad about that too. 
um, I'm actually mad at Trump and his and and the Republican Party who are um, trying to discredit this um, election and the the, the the results of this election. I think they need to give it up, and it's, I think it's very annoying that they're still doing this. And I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad, you know, the the Biden Harris ticket. Well, I'm glad, I'm happy, and I shall celebrate. Okay, I'm sad. I'm not sad, but it was kind of, I think I underestimated what lockdown was going to be this time around. And um, when I went to my office this week, no, last week, and walking through Yorkshire Circus and actually really realizing the shops are actually closed. It really is a lockdown. Um, <laughs> it was a bit like, oh, oh, lockdown's for real. I just hadn't quantified it. I just thought it was going to be the same. And I thought the shops would be open, maybe restricted hours. But then I was slightly glad because Zara's closed and Zara's a bit of a weakness. However, it was quite sad seeing Oxford Street absolutely shut down and I want the government to sort this shit out. Um, I'm very, very, very mad at my council. I'm a West Londoner. Uh, my borough is Harrison and Fulham and they're dumb. They're dumb asses. They're annoying. I've, I just, I, I can't wait till I'm, I told you when I'm 60, 70, I could give all those granny rants, but I'm starting early. Our communal stairs in my block where I live have not been cleaned for over two months. What is happening, there's an overturned cleaning trolley that looks like the cleaner got attacked, maybe abducted, and his trolley's just left behind. That trolley's been there for about a month in the bushes, and there's been no cleaning in our block for how long? And I'm really annoyed because one thing is like, your house is clean, you go outside of your gates, you should be able to walk onto clean land, especially when you're in a block. At least that step before you get out into the open should be clean. What my council decided to do was paint our stairs. Like, why would you paint stairs? What, how much does it cost to paint stairs, concrete stairs, rather than cleaning the freaking stairwells once a week? And I probably have said this before, when it was the big, whatever the last election was, the Labour campaigners around was giving us all this um, through for our talk saying, yeah, we're going to give your blocks a deep clean. We're really going to clean the community and tidy up. And I, saw, I think I've said that I saw two women with a mop and a, or a wipe a cloth trying to wipe the walls and I never saw them again. It was just, I can't stand boroughs and councils again we're talking about what do mps do what the frick do you do and whose decision was it to paint stairs that are not being cleaned are you dumb so i'm really fucking mad i've sent emails cussing and literally how i sound is how my email is written and how the voice note i left on their answer machine and that's another thing when i called them up they're giving me different names of different people who are going to call oh we'll call you ms jemphy and i haven't had the call because you don't respect people and you're just taking the money and taking the fucking piss i'm very pissed off with them and what I am glad about is actually back on my health kick. I've rejoined Gina's um, Just Gene, trained to slay VIPs. I've never left, but I just lost the plot. I'm back on it. Did a class yesterday. And this morning, I actually woke up at seven o'clock and did a class and got on with my day. And I'm hoping that I can stick to it that every morning I'm going to get early and do my classes and get back on this health kick regime because lockdown ain't getting me like it did last time, even though I tried. My belly's gone down, it needs to continue to go down till I'm concave. Thank you, Auntie <laughs> Nana. <laughs> oh, my God. oh, wow. Um, right, so I'm sad for um, pretty Patel. Yeah, I just I just feel for her, so I extend my um sympathies to no, 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 expand. Are you being sarcastic? Or... Yeah, no, no, honestly, yeah, I feel I like it. she has mental health issues. I feel like she's been hung out to dry. She's been scapegoated. Yeah, I feel for her. She's being used. I don't want another woman being used. And so I feel for her. 
And so I, I send her my sympathies. I'm mad. I'm actually really mad about this. I'm mad that there's been such little news about Sudan recognizing Israel as a legitimate state. And it's like, there's just been very little discussion on what that means for Palestine, how that reshapes the Middle East, just all of that. And when things happen in the Middle East, because they, again, like Africa, hold so much of um, natural resources, it affects everybody. And this shift with Sudan recognizing Israel, it's, it's a really big deal and that should be big news but nobody's really assessing that. So I, I, I was quite mad at that. And I hope more people look into how this shift in, um, in the Middle East can affect us. And especially as Africans, because Sudan, again, holds a lot of natural resources and them aligning with Israel and Israel being aligned with the US, this could shift things in the world quite phenomenally that, again, we're not we're not looking out for how this can change. So, yeah, that was a bit maddening. I'm thoroughly glad that I had another really good Black Pound Day. And I think now that I've come up with a, a, a marketing strategy to really uh, amplify my brand during Black Pound Days because there's just more people looking for black businesses and yes i'm quite proud of myself that i i have stuck to implementing marketing strategies for the last what are we on now four months mm. and this one was another good one like the first one so well I'm, you got I'm me yes i got yeah. <laughs> your, marketing, your marketing strategy works because i was like yeah for real it i need block colors <laughs> thank you thank you guys and that was sad mad glad Hold up. wait a minute Unpopular. Wait a minute. Or hit list. And I've got it's it's not an unpopular opinion because I think this is quite a popular opinion, but I'm gonna put Buckingham Palace on the hit list today. Because oh. I kind of resent the fact that they denied Harry's wish to have a reef mm. put out in um, memorial um, memo memorial remembrance, sorry. Because this is this is a guy who served take away his label. This is a man who served for his country. He fought for his country multiple, multiple times. He is still a member of the royal family. He didn't abdicate because he's not next in line, but he's still a member of the royal family. He still served for his country. And I feel like he should have been allowed for a reef to, to represent him. That's what I feel. And they like, why deny it? It makes no sense. So there was a picture of him and Megan in um, one of the um, cemeteries in America and they went and they did their own thing. And I'm just like, it's just so sad. Like, why are you being so petty? So they're on the hit list for being a little bit petty this week. It's petty, petty, petty. Agreed. Yeah. Done. Um, thank you. This was your auntie's good never. Uh, please don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. We're on Facebook, internet. What the hell? Sorry, I am tired. <laughs> we're on Facebook. Twitter, we are on the internet actually. YouTube and Amazon and Spotify and all listening, oh. all listening platforms. Please like, comment, and subscribe. Please join us every week live at 1 p.m. on a Tuesday. And we're loving your comments, guys, loving your engagement. Send us your dilemmas because we want more dilemmas. We want to help you because we know best. Always, aunties know best. Thank you very much, guys, and later. Bye. Bye.